Can we open in our Bibles to Colossians 1, verse 3? Sorry, Colossians 1, verse 9. The projector people may have panicked for a second there. But um, this Sunday till Tuesday, we are going to be doing the church fast. Who has uh, fasted before? Okay, that's awesome. No, who hasn't? No shame. <laughs> that's all good. Um, it's an amazing privilege to fast. We've seen God move in incredible power as we have fasted as a community, as we've set aside time. And I've been reading a book by Scott McKnight, which I encourage you to read, but it's The Ancient Practice of Fasting. And he's, he's quite a, a scholarly guy, so he covers like a lot of ground. But he just starts from this place of saying that as much as kind of at least the tradition that I grew up in, that fasting, we pray and we fast for something. But traditionally, if you look, when Jesus was teaching on fasting, it was actually meant to be about intimacy with the Father. And I feel like this fast that we're going to be doing from the 4th to the 6th is a time of, as a church community, just, just bowing our heads and our hearts before Him. And for me, the byproduct of that is God is going to answer our requests. He's going to answer our prayers. But I feel God's going to do more inside of us than, than sometimes than some of the exterior stuff we, we see. And we've seen God move powerfully. We... Um, if I'm looking at last year's fast, which was around this time last year, we fasted and we prayed for this venue and we moved in in May this year. Uh, we prayed for salvations and we've seen lots of people saved over this past season. We've prayed for people to carry vision into their lives. And I can tell you, we're starting to see the fruits of that in this church community. So it's just an incredible privilege to, to primarily to focus on our Father, but to also trust Him for, for things and, and, and lay our requests before Him. And uh, so the fourth to the sixth, which means it's going to be, we call it a liquid fast, which means you don't fast liquid because that's dangerous. You fast solid food. Okay. So um, I would say, and it's not legalistic around stuff, but um, I can tell you the way I do it is I may have a smoothie or a protein shake in the day, and then at night I'll have a soup. And let's just clarify what soup is. It's It's not thick stew. Okay. It's not like, cool, I'm going to make the thickest, delicious. If you feel bad eating it, you know it's, you know it's stew instead of soup. Okay, so just, just like make it, throw some chickpeas in there if you need some energy, whatever it is. Um, but it's, it's an incredible opportunity for us to, to spend time with the Father. And, uh, and I'm, I'm going to have a coffee probably once a day, but you can do whatever you want. If you feel not to have coffee, that's also fine. You know, like for me... Maybe I need to give up coffee because the fact that I'm actually justifying it is probably showing that it's, that it's a sinful thing in my life. Um, ah, sh- sh- Emma. Um, and then afterwards on Tuesday, we're going to meet all together as a church community. We're going to have no chairs here. We're going to spend some time, 20, 30 minutes worshiping, thanking God, maybe praying into one or two things. Then we're going to break the fast together. So it's a bring and share, not a share and share. Okay. Single guys. You know, you just arrive with a hot dog for yourself. That's not called sharing. That's just called bringing a meal for yourself. It's bring and share. So I know there's always leftovers and all that stuff, but, but it cater for at least four or five people um, and bring what you want to eat. I sometimes used to stash what I actually want to eat and then bring something else that everyone else can eat. But I'm not doing that this year. I'm going to make something that I really want to eat that night. So we're going to meet. We're going to fast. Then we're going to feast. 
It's going to be an incredible moment and time in our community. We've also sent out a a message, an email yesterday with a PDF document of all the stuff to pray through in the day. Some some hints around fasting, some some pointers around fasting, how we fast. And uh, I'm trusting it's going to be a powerful time. One of the key things we're praying for is Scarlet next weekend. Ladies, it's going to be announced very soon once I'm finished here. But if you have not bought a ticket, you need to buy one today. You need to buy your ticket. Okay. So, first of all, let's, let's read the word. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Jesus, that it changes us. I pray, Lord God, that when I speak your word, it would, it would, uh, it, the, the things that you want to be said would be said and change hearts this morning. We ask this in your name. Amen. Colossians 1.9, it says, For this reason, since the day we have heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. This is Paul writing to the church in Colossae, and he had never gone to the church. Uh, he had a, a worker in the Lord who went to actually and planted the church, and he was now seeing what the grace of God on his life, uh, sorry, on this church's life, and now he's beginning to pray into the church. It says, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of His will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way. I want to please God in every way. It's my deepest desire and heart is to please the Father. Bearing fruit um, in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father. It's all about prayer who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And I said in the first meeting, we could probably spend six months on just those five chapters and we'd get so much out of it as a community. It says, do not stop praying. Pray for one another. Pray that the gospel is in your hearts. Pray, pray to be strengthened. We can, we can break it up. So I'm going to do probably six months' work in uh, 25 minutes. Is that cool? So the first point, if you're taking notes, don't stop praying. Or continual prayers. For this reason, since the day we've heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. Sometimes we get to a point in our lives we've been trusting God for a lot, or trusting God for something, and we're not seeing the breakthrough. Don't stop praying. I've seen in, in my life that it's almost the longer the delay, the greater the blessing that comes from when the prayers are finally answered. Do not stop praying. Paul writes, if you've got someone you're trusting to see come to the Lord, or you've, you've got a, your marriage, or you're going through tough moments financially, do not stop praying God is good and God is able to answer these prayers that you bring before him day and night. Sometimes he answers them straight away. Sometimes it takes 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years. The point is do not stop praying. If you look at the word for praying there, it's the Greek word proskiomai. And I'm going to use Ryan's bass because Bruce rebuked me for using his guitar in the first meeting. Um, They didn't rebuke me, he just... So it's probably not a good idea if you do that again. And I don't want to see Bruce angry. 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 <laughs> so the, the word for, for proskomeo is actually, if you look at the, the meaning of the Greek, it's to exchange our human wishes for divine faith. If you split the word up, it means to go towards an exchange. Now, if I had to walk around with this bass guitar everywhere, it would be awkward. Imagine like, okay, 
you're just meeting someone, and you're like, what's this? No, it's my bass guitar. And then you're like, you, you shake them with your left hand, which is not a very well-mannered thing to do. And it just, and it's even starting to get heavy now. Bruce's guitar wasn't as heavy as this one. But I'm like, I've got fairly like chunky biceps. So I can handle quite a while. Like other people would have struggled by now, but I can probably be here for the next 20 minutes and not even, not even flinch. And um, actually, it's pretty heavy. <laughs> there we go. Um, but the point is you're carrying this thing around and it becomes awkward. And this thing in your life could be your anxiety. It could be the, the, the sin that you're carrying, the, 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 the things that you're thinking about in the future. I've, I've walked through anxiety in my life and I can tell you, anxiety is a lie that you believe. And we need to break lies over our lives. And I, I, I remember at, at a, high, a high point of, of feeling anxious in my life, I went before the Father and I started to take these scriptures. And it says, yeah, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer, petition, and thanksgiving, present your request before God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And as I began to do that, I laid this before Jesus. Jesus says, come to me. He says, my burden is light. It says in Matthew 11, out of the message, it says, Come to me, get away with me, you'll recover your life. I will show you how to take real rest. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of God's grace. Of grace. I won't let anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. These are moments where we need to, a prayer is an exchange. And I think when prayer is done properly, we should leave the place of prayer exchanged. Even though the situation may look the same, you come out different. That is the peace of God that we get from a gift of our Father in heaven. That you could be, be going through a storm, having the most horrible time of your life, but you're carrying the peace of God. And I believe that that's, that is a sign of maturity, and it's a sign of godliness when, you, when the world is, is shaking all around you, and things are going awry, and you don't know what's happening, but you can, you can still carry the peace of God. It's because you've learned to exchange your human wishes for divine faith. And when divine faith comes, divine peace comes, and you're able to walk out situations. Isaiah 61, we read it last week, but God gives us beauty instead of ashes, an oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. That word instead, God gives it. We had this, but now we come to the Father and He gives you this instead. So there's going to be moments, like I said in the beginning, that you're going to be trusting God and you're not seeing the breakthrough yet, but it'll come. If there's a promise of God from the Father, you keep trusting, you keep praying, you keep bringing it before the Father, and you're going to see Him come through in your life. The other side of prayer is that God answers prayers. God answers prayers. In, in Matthew 6, it says, ask, seek, knock. Keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. Be persistent in your prayers. There was a guy named George Muller. Who's heard of him? Cool. It's great. We had like no one in the first meeting, so like two people at least. Um, and he had a, an orphanage in England. Ten th- I think in, the, in his lifetime, he had seen t- uh, 10,000 orphans come through there. He had a, 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 an orphanage of about 2,000 at a time. Just amazing man who had incredible faith in God. But he had diaries of filled prayers, of answered prayers. So he would write out his prayer on one side, on the one column, and he would leave the, leave the other side blank, waiting for God's answer. And it says by the end of his life, he had over 50,000 answered prayers. Some of them were big. We needed a bit more. We need some salad with a, 
thing. That which reminds me of nacho, nacho libre, and then some salad. Anyway, I don't know why that came into my head. Um, he, and some of the things were big things. God, we need hundreds of thousands of pounds to build new buildings to reach people, to reach these orphans who are far from you, who are abandoned on the streets. And God answered them. And it says that there were 30,000 prayers that were answered either in the same day or in the same hour. And can I encourage you that, honestly, because I've had moments where I've, like, I've prayed for someone and they, they healed immediately. Then I, pray, then I pray for someone and they don't get healed. But there's a progressive healing. I, I, there's the mystery behind who God is that I don't understand. What he does ask us to is to not stop praying, not stop trusting God. Some of you know Stalin, our story, her dad, when I first revealed to him that I loved his daughter, he said, leave my kingdom and don't trip on your way out. Or maybe trip and hurt yourself on the way out. And um, so it took us about four years of, of keep going back to her parents, and we had to learn a whole lot through that. But in that time, I can tell you, my prayer life went from there to like there. I mean, I would pray through the night. I'd pray through the night, go to work the next day, come back, pray. And those of you who have boyfriends and girlfriends, this happens quickly, just keep praying. And for those of you who hasn't happened yet, keep praying, because the Father has someone perfect for you. The father has some, Stala was, and we dealt with a whole bunch of stuff before marriage. And I can tell you the blessing that we've had this side of marriage has been amazing. I'm still shocked that I get to wake up next to her every morning. I'm sure some of you are shocked and like, how did that guy, they get that girl? I know it's called the grace of God. It doesn't make sense. There is hope for some of the single guys. Yeah. I'd love to pick on Caleb, but you also married up, dude, big time. Like that is a grace of God, miracle from heaven. No one expected it ever to happen. Um, so <laughs> all the negative stuff that has spoken over your life has been broken. So I just see him and I want to preach. Um, God answers prayers. He answers the prayers, the deep prayers of our hearts. He answers in ways we never expect. So often we're looking for answers from God and God has been giving us answers all the time. Prayer works. And I, God has been, I've been really almost repenting these past couple of weeks saying, Father, I don't think I've prayed properly my whole Christian life. I've, uh, I, and I know I have, so maybe I was just feeling like a false sense of guilt or whatever it is. But I know that there's been more in, in the place of prayer that the Father's been drawing me into. Can I encourage you? Just, it's called, the, it's called a, a discipline, which sometimes you'll feel like doing it and the Holy Spirit's there like this morning. Without even trying. Sometimes you'll be praying for 35 minutes and you'll be wrecked with that. And that's fine. Because that doesn't mean unbelief. That means you're just working through stuff. And I can tell you the other side of that is actually finding out who the Father actually is. Second thing is our revelation prayers. We, we continue to ask God to fill you with the knowledge of His will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. We need a revelation of God's will for our lives. Later on, it says, live a life worthy of His calling. We can't start with trying to live a life worthy of His calling before we understand the will for, his, for our lives. Because the, when, he, when we understand that God loves us, that when He looks at us, He sees Jesus. When Jesus stood in our place, became sin for us, so we can walk out and carry the righteousness of God with all the hope and, and all the peace in the world, it begins to change who we are as opposed to us trying to do good so God can use us. It doesn't work like that. The gospel says you're good. You're declared good by your faith in Christ Jesus. And that's it. It's the word fill there is um, the word pleru, which is to fill to our individual capacity. I want to show you something quickly. Hopefully it doesn't spill. But um, 
shaking a little bit. There we go. How many of you would agree that I could not possibly put another drop in? Let's just try. Oh, that's called the meniscus. You guys know that, huh? I remember that from school. At least remember one thing. But... <laughs> I actually don't have a comeback. Anyway. Other than I can excommunicate you. No, I won't. Um, but if once I'm, I didn't want to leave it on there because I don't want to spill on my iPad. But would you agree that if I put more, it would have started to overflow? And that's what happens. This, what, this is the word. It says, the Greek word is to fill to our individual capacity. It's like when we understand God's revelation and will for our lives, which the word will is the same as the word will in Lord, let your will be done on heaven as it is, as it isn't, sorry, let your, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's the same word. It's God's will, which is God's best for us. Once we understand that we have God's best for us, we don't keep looking in other areas. Because the moment you start pouring something else in, it dilutes the will of God for your life and you start following after other things. God wants to fill us to capacity. Keep praying. Keep asking God for that. Keep, I, I can tell you what it looks like is that I wake up every morning with a great sense of purpose. And God wants to give each of us an individual sense of purpose of His will so we can wake up every day knowing that we have a great vision and, we, and we're making a difference in the world. It is God's plan for all of us, and we need to keep praying it into our lives. The word for knowledge, for the knowledge of His will, is actually the Greek word that it says it's gained through first-hand relationship. You will only know God's will through intimacy. You will only know God God has planned for you when you're alone with Him. And, and often He may be saying, oh, you're doing well, just keep, keep at it, you, you're making a difference now. But God's going to often call us to more, to greater and bigger things. I made a little chart, if you wouldn't mind putting it up. My will versus God's will. So my will puts me first. God's will puts God and others first. These are good testers. Am I walking in the will of God? Do I put myself first? Is it going to benefit me directly? And, or even indirectly or somehow? Or is it going to be God first and others first? My will only has earthly benefits. But God's will has blessings both now and in the future. There's, there's heavenly benefits that come. My will can bring anxiety. The reason is because my, I've, I've built something to, that I have to now sustain. Whereas if God is the one that brought it and sustained it, He's the one that's going to look after it. So it could bring anxiety. But the God's will will bring peace. And I said this in the first meeting. A big thing is around finances. That's, if you look at marriages, it's probably one of the, the main areas that people fight about. It's one of the main areas that people experience anxiety over. And there's, there's a bit of this like, unsaid climate that's happening in Dubai. Like, oh, what is happening? Is it gonna, what's going to happen here? We don't know what's going to happen. God knows. All I know is that we're part of a different economy. And if we learn the simple thing, and I, I used to apologize for it when we first started the church, but the simple thing of tithing. Giving God your first fruits, your 10%, He looks after you. I was talking to a friend the other day, and he's tired since he was probably about 16 years old. He says, he says even if I had to walk away from God and find myself in, in a place where I, was, I know I wasn't pleasing, I would still tithe because he's seen the faithfulness and the goodness of God. Okay, don't, don't do that. But he, he was kind of trying to make a point that it's like this one area of his life that he just knows that works. God says He pours out His blessing on us. My will blesses me, but God's will blesses nations. 
That's always a good indicator. So there's a, who's heard of a guy called Titch Smith? There we go. So I met with him two days ago. Incredible man. He was a, a South African cricketer, very accomplished cricket player. Um, I think he played rugby at a younger age for Natal, which won the Curry Cup. Apparently someone told me I should have actually been watching that. But anyway, and... Um, and, he, and he, he was really successful, but he found himself at 35 years old in a, in a, in a home for uh, Alcoholics, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous. He was, he was drug abuse. He was going through all of these things, and he found himself at the bottom and the lowest of the low that he said he could have gone. And Jesus saved him from that place. He, he came out of that home, saved a new man, um, but he had millions and millions of rands in debt. So he started a company through a bank called Sunlum, and he, and he, and he started doing all these products, the selling life insurance, etc. He ended up making a lot of money, paid all of his debt back. His brother, who's a lawyer, said to him, you'll never pay your debt back. He says, I'm going to. And he had this determination in his heart, and he's a really well-connected guy, and he paid millions of debt back. And when he came to that place, and God started to speak to him in 1997, and God said to him this. He said, God gave me a picture of an African village on a hill. There were clusters of small homes surrounded by children running and laughing. Mothers were sitting on the steps of these houses interacting with one another. The church was in the center. There were schools and skills and business development centers. I saw fields of vegetable gardens. He told me to build the village so the orphan children would come to know him as their father to create jobs for rural communities so that they can sustain their families and the government will come and see why it works and we can point them the cross. God gives him this vision in 97. Only in 2011 does he walk into it. He now, they've been going for almost eight years. What they've done in eight years is unbelievable. They've got 200 kids. Um, I think 400 kids in total across the whole country. He's built this a village called Live Village, which is kind of an acronym for something. I don't know what it is. But it's, uh, and he and he's seen people come in who've been like literally a result of rape uh, and, and just rejected by society People, little kids dropped at the door and they've come in and they, they are now releasing their first kids to university. Some of them are going to the top universities in South Africa. Their kids are now writing worship songs. Some of their songs are being released through Tim Hughes, through Worship Central. These guys, and they were kids who were rejected. He's, and he's like, and I've seen their, their worship. Like, it's unbelievable. I would like, I said, send some of them as interns here because we need, we need, they've got, and he said, it's just something so real and radical where it's a mix of Zulu and English. And these guys are writing these incredible songs and they're being asked to go around the world and sing worship in, in different contexts. He's got, a, he's got a culinary school. He's got businesses that have been set up to sustain what is happening. And it started with a man in 1997, and he walked into it only in his 60s. It's never too late. It's never too late to walk into the gifting and calling of, of God. Those of you who think, I'm, I'm heading towards retirement, don't think like that. My parents... I think would love to have retired. They just financially didn't have the money and stuff, but they just were like open to whatever. And God has continued to open doors and they're making a difference being part of Starler's parents' church. And some, like my dad loves it. He's, he's building stuff. He's fulfilled. He's, he's, he's in the ministry in a sense. And um, don't, even, don't, don't give up thinking, oh, we're going to get to our retirement years and we're just going to hang out. There's, there's a lot more. Those of us who are in our 20s and 30s and 40s, there is years and years and years ahead of us to do incredible stuff for the king. Get a vision from him. Don't just think retirement. Be wise, of course, 
put stuff away, put, save money, do all of that stuff. I'm not, but, but know that there's something greater and bigger that God has put inside of every single one of us. It's never too late. I mean, just a, an incredible story. He was, he was given 55 million rand, Tichmouth, by the South African government. That's a miracle, okay? In a country that's fairly corrupt, okay? Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of us, I mean, I talked to Rom, and he's talking about Sri Lanka, and he's like, no, we're definitely more corrupt. So I said, no, I don't know. Let's just, let's just, I don't know if you are, you know? And, um, but he was given money to build infrastructure on the land. He has now been given land by the government in the Western Cape, a massive plot of land to do the same in the Western Cape. He's now been asked to go and build a children's home in Texas. He says, you think America has it all together? He says, Dan, I saw, I saw more kids on the street there than I did in South Africa. He says there was just, there was needles, there was drugs, there was all this stuff. And he, he's just this man just dripping with the love of God. I sat down with him and it felt like there was this little cloud around us. And it was just the love of God. And I just had tears the whole time as he was just telling his story. And God has that for every single one of us. It's, it's a full purpose. It's way more than making money. It's way more than just putting away for retirement. It's, it's great big things for him. So number three is life-shaping prayers. And Paul writes, he says, may you live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. That's, I love that. I love that we have a father in heaven who loves us so radically, can't love us any more than he does right now. But there is the side where we can please the father through our lives. And how does it say? It says through uh, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God. And so often we can come to church and it's like, okay, it's all about stopping sinning. Okay, which it, it is, okay. The, Jesus clearly says to the woman who's caught in adultery, stop sinning, stop sinning, you're forgiven now, stop sinning. But the focus should be what the Bible says, it's that growing in the knowledge of the Lord, because I can tell you, as you grow in the knowledge of the Lord, you'll want to stop sinning. As you begin to know who He is, He, he fills you with His life, His goodness, His grace, and it will automatically stop. So, it's probably not a good idea, good idea if I do that. And bearing fruit in every good work. Number four, Strengthening prayers. Being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience. And the word strengthened there is the word dynamu. It's a funny word anyway, but it's, it's where we get dynamite from. But it's, it's, this, it's this inner strength that God puts us, not through our own strength, but by His infinite strength, His glorious might that comes and dwells within us. And what is it for? It's for great endurance and patience. There's going to be times we're going to have to endure as Christians, and there's going to be times we're going to have to wait. Those fruits of the Spirit are by far my least favorite fruits of the Spirit. They're like, uh, they, they're barely, a, they're like almost like a pumpkin. They, 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 they categorize this fruit because they have seeds, but they, they're more healthy than the other fruit. I don't know if it is, but anyway, sorry, Marilise, if that is wrong. Um, but it's, it's hard to wait. But you have moments where you're trusting God, you're praying for stuff, you, you, you're waiting on Him. And, and if you haven't seen it, what does God do? He says, I'm going to give you great power through my mouth so that you can have great endurance and have patience. Nicky Gumbel famously said, Joseph waited 13 years. Abraham waited 25 years. Moses waited 40 years. Jesus waited 30. If God makes you wait, you're in good company. It's not that encouraging. Okay. <laughs> I want it to be. I want, uh, the thing is, I want these, these answers to prayers right now. But what I've realized when God doesn't answer prayers, 
immediately or give you what you want immediately. He's actually building so much in you. He's building a thing called character. He's building a thing called endurance. And you're going to sit, when you're in your 70s or 80s and you look back on your life and you're not going to regret those times. You, you may be like, God, please can we press the fast forward on this season in my life. If God's got you in hiding, it's a good thing. He's molding you. He's shaping you for the greater things that he has for you. The longer the delay, the greater the blessing. It's just the ways his works. You can go read it throughout scripture. And then finally, fifth point is grateful praise. And giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. I just want to break up those few words and I'm going to end with a story. He has rescued us, he has restored us, and he's redeemed us. That's an amazing thing. We need to get that God has rescued us and taken us out of the place of darkness and placed us in light. He's restored us and he's redeemed us. There's a, an amazing story I heard the other day. Um, this guy was preaching and he was, just, he was saying that there's this family in uh, Port Elizabeth in South Africa. Uh, he's a Swiss man. I know there's a Swiss man sitting right there. Uh, but his, his kids have all left home at university. Some of them are getting married. And he's, he was in South Africa. And he, God put it on his heart to adopt kids. So he went to his wife. They chatted about it, prayed about it. And they ended up adopting, uh, I don't know how many kids it was, but I know there was like two or three kids. And so these kids were abandoned, obviously. They're sitting in an orphanage waiting to be adopted. Maybe they were super young. But the amazing thing that happened is that when the judge declared that they were now the, the, his children, they had the immediate right to get a Swiss passport. Who wants a Swiss passport? Come on. It's, uh, you want, you, it's like one of the most sought-after passports. The Swedish, New Zealand, Australian, British used to be, but I'm not sure anymore with Brexit. Um, but it's, it's, one of the, it's, it's one of the top five passports you have. But what happened with these kids who had no future, no passport, nothing to hold on to in the future, all of a sudden in a moment through the declaration of this judge saying that you are now their children, which is God saying to us, we are his children, they get the best passport possibly in the world with every opportunity in the world because they were declared the son of that person, that Swiss man. And how much more does our Father in heaven declare us righteous before him? He brings us out of a place of darkness into the, the kingdom of the son he loves. He gives us an inheritance. Those kids have an inheritance now in Switzerland. Even though they were born in South Africa, rejected and forgotten by their earthly parents, God saw something different and gave them a greater future. And he does that with us. He, that's how God works. God takes us where we don't deserve it, where we're sitting in the gutter. There's no hope. He redeems us. He saves us. He sets us free. He, 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 he gives us the righteousness of God. We get the best passport, which is the kingdom passport. Even though my South African passport, I need to have like a list of stuff before I even go overseas. And they give you down to the exact hour that you're allowed to be in that country. But that's beside the point. I've got the kingdom passport. So God will open a door wherever I need it to go. And we get redeemed into the king, into the, into the kingdom of God. We get set free, we get healed. So now, would you mind coming up? We're just going to pray together. He has qualified us for an inheritance, not through our own works, through our own doing, but through his son, Jesus Christ. It says that Jesus became sin so that we may become the righteousness of God. 
I don't know if you've ever thought about that. Jesus, who was the only perfect, sinless person to ever walk this planet, became sin. Not just had sin poured on him, which is true. Jesus became sin to the point where the Father had to turn his face. And Jesus said, why, Father, why, why have you forsaken me? Why have you turned your face to, away from me? It's because for a moment in history, Jesus became sin for us. He died in our place. He rose again on the third day, defeated death, defeated sin, defeated sickness. And we can now put our faith and our focus on Him and we get the righteousness of God in our hearts. This, I love that this whole discourse that Paul has leads to the place of Jesus' redemption and Jesus' goodness. Can we stand to our feet? Let's pray together. Father, we really do just thank you for your grace, undeserved grace of our Heavenly Father, mercy. Father, we thank you that the byproduct of that is peace. We thank you, Jesus, that as we pray, an exchange takes place. We bring our wishes, we bring our desires, we bring our petitions, and you replace it with divine faith. And we're able to walk out into situations where we never had the, the courage or the peace or the, the strength to do, but because we spent time with you, you've changed our hearts. So I just really do pray over City Light as a community. Everyone standing here, if you want to just raise your hands, if you just say, God, I, I want to receive from you, just that, Father, that a spirit of a prayer would come upon us, a desire to pray, to be inter- inter- interceders, to, 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 to pray before you every day, Lord God. Let it become our lifeblood that we need to spend time with our Father. Father, we even pray for this time of fasting from Sunday to Tuesday, Lord God, that uh, it really would just be a time of just feasting before you, Father. We'd get to know you in a deeper way. I pray for a deep sense of intimacy over this church. That they get to, Father, that you'd become so real in our hearts. Whatever we're walking through, whatever storms we may be walking through, stuff we trust him for, above all of that, Lord God, you'd become so real to us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence. Thank you that you're with us, Jesus. I'm just going to give a few seconds. Just Let's just focus our hearts on him, then we're going to do some announcements. Maybe there's stuff you need to exchange this morning. God is waiting.
for those of you who are waiting on prayers that haven't been answered, just pray this prayer. Say, God, give me great strength from you so I can have great endurance and patience in this time. And not just great strength, God, great joy. Knowing, Father, that you're a God in heaven who loves us and wants the best for us, Father. keep getting the words just intimacy and I I really do feel like the Father wants it's not even an individual word I I feel like the Father wants to bring us a deeper sense of intimacy across the whole of City Lights that is a God that just just wants you to be with Him God will start bringing fruit He'll start bringing great things out out of all of us but it's going to start in that place of just saying Father I'm here I'm here before you I need you Thank you, Father. Amen.